Hi friends, welcome to Happily Even After. I'm Life Coach Jen, a certified life coach that specializes in relationships. I'm a mom of four awesome kids and one amazing son-in-law, a home decorator, a remodeler, a shopper, a scrabbler, and a snuggler. I want to help you with your relationships, mainly the relationship you have with yourself, your family, and God. Thanks for listening and letting me share the tools I have learned that can help you live happily, even after some of life's greatest challenges. Hey friends, I'm so excited to be here with you today, and I have another guest, and the awesome thing about my guest is another Facebook meeting. I love social media because you just never know who you're going to meet, and I joined this group actually just a few weeks ago, and he is a life coach certified coach like me, and he just made a comment, and he was telling about his podcast, and I was like, interesting. And I was like, wait, he coaches men who have been betrayed. He's a male coach, um, and his name is Luke, which I love because that's my son-in-law's name. And he is from the UK, which I just must say that my two daughters have Siri in a male's voice speaking in a British accent. So we're going to really love hearing from Luke today. So Anyways, I'm going to let him do a little introduction of himself, and then we're going to hear his story. And so, Luke, tell us about yourself. Hello. Well, firstly, thank you, Jennifer, for having me on. It's been wonderful. And you're right, this uh, sort of impromptu connection quite recently, and it is amazing how we can connect across the world so easily and in such a fascinating way and be able to help each other in these situations as well. So, a little bit about me. So I'm a 40-something father of two. Um, I'm divorced. I spend much of my recreational time running. I'm a business owner and, as if you mentioned, a, a coach and a podcast host as well. And what's your podcast um, called? I know we're going to... Yeah, sure. It's After the Affair. Okay. Love it. Love Pro- it. Appropriately named. Perfect. Yes. Perfectly named. Yes. <laughs> yes. Um, so I, I coach... Um, Actually, I coach on all sides of the the infidelity spectrum, and I do I have both male and female clients. However, I do probably predominantly um, work with the betrayed man, let's say, mainly because that's my own story, and that that's how I came to sort of focus on this specific area after I became certified as a coach. Um, I've spent much of my life not really knowing what it was I wanted to do with it, to be honest. You know, right from sort of school. And then went into the hospitality industry for a number of years. I had several jobs. I've, I've always been the kind of person that's just sort of dug deep and done whatever it was that was required to to get myself through that particular moment in time. I've been through bankruptcy. I've been made redundant. I had a life-threatening um, stint in hospital less than two years ago. Can you just explain what is you were made redundant? Yep. Oh, redundant. You, oh, sorry. Yes. Yeah. So, so redundant is where if you what if you're employed and then you your job is essentially you just so not not being sacked. You haven't been fired. Oh, okay. You just your kind of let is, go. Your job is no longer. Gotcha. Okay. We. Yeah. It's just a different. You turn up term. to work day. Thank you. Yeah. Sorry. Yeah. <laughs> it's okay. Yeah, so yeah. So you, you turn up and no longer there was a job no longer there. So so a combination of these things where it's sort of you you on the way up and then all of a sudden there's a, a sudden drop um, and things have changed very suddenly. So I'd experienced numerous times throughout my life where I thought things were going in a certain direction. I was working very hard at trying to build them in a particular direction. And then, you know, circumstances, events, situations happened, which 
changed that for me. So I, so I was then faced with a very different perspective, a very different sort of viewpoint of the world, and then trying to figure out how to clamber back out of the hole, so to speak, how to climb back up. So this, of course, then happened again after I had been married for I'd been married for eight years. We've got two children, um, both under the age of ten, and I was under the impression that I was happily married, and you know we we had we were connected very well. We were excellent co-parenters. Um, we we worked really well together as a team. I always thought we were pretty good at communicating. We were quite different in personality styles, but. In a way, that was kind of the attraction. It was almost like that her strengths complemented my weaknesses and, and vice versa. But it also meant that we did have a very different approach to, to certain things. But we always got on well. We weren't really big for arguing. You know, I'm not saying we didn't have a you know disputes, of course, but it, certainly not an explosive relationship under any circumstances. So after about eight years of marriage, um, it became apparent to me that there was some connection forming with between her and actually a close mutual friend of ours. And I I sort of seen this happening. It was just communication, you know, first, but there was lots of humor and a connection. It was was clear that they got on really well. And I, I maybe just sort of got one and one together and made it add up to four, you know, and started to sort of foresee what I thought could happen if this was left unaided, I suppose, mm. or, or if I didn't interfere in some way or intervene in some way. So I actually challenged them both in this situation and um, because I was concerned about what was happening and where it was going. And, and they both convinced me that it was just a friendship, much more like a brother-sister type relationship, just close connection. And you know, I could see that a lot of that was true. And so I, so I chose to to take their word for it and then the next sort of six months went by and then there was just gradual behavioral changes on the behalf of my wife just subtle things that you know in isolation you wouldn't call mm-hmm. out as being significant at all but when they're sort of compounded over time and you you know if you're very familiar with your partner's behavior which you tend to get that way after years together then even the tiniest little differences start to add up and they're really noticed and you really start to focus on them. Eventually, it did come to a point where it was too much. I, I had been living in this sort of this period of uncertainty. I thought I was going mad. Um, you know, what was I misinterpreting the situation? Every time I approached it, it was sort of thrown back in my face as, as if like, you know, well, don't you trust me? And mm-hmm. of course, a lot of, I call that gaslighting, but <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. A lot of gaslighting. Yeah. yeah a, a lot of denial. Mm-hmm. Um, and it was so, so it, it was really, I was really starting to build up this story about what I thought was going on, but didn't have like the hard evidence at the time. And then it eventually got to a point where it did come out mm-hmm. and um, a, a relationship, at least an emotional relationship had formed um, I don't believe anything physical had happened at that point. And I was, I, don't, I suppose I'd already built myself up to it in, in the sense that I, if anything, when I did find out, the overwhelming emotion I felt was relief, yeah. in, honesty, in all honesty, because it's like, oh my God, I'm not going mad. You know, I'd spent, you know, months at work, mm-hmm. you know, sort of 
hiding away, not being able to focus, you know, distracting myself, disengaging, not telling anybody or talking to anybody about it. It all felt very internal, felt very, very alone. And that's not to create a self-pity story. It's just that was really how what it felt like for me at the time. It was it was a very unpleasant place to be. Probably, probably the worst part of the whole experience, if I'm honest. Mm-hmm. I agree. I recognize I, agree. <laughs> I re- yeah. And I I recognized that I wanted to, I wasn't prepared to just walk away from mm-hmm. the relationship. I I you know, I I'd said my vows and I'd committed to this relationship in 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 a way that I wasn't prepared to allow this this one incident this and it was essentially an isolated incident as far as i was concerned to dictate the, the future of our our family um but obviously there were some terms that i wanted to put in place and that involved you know him being completely removed from our lives you know in every way shape or form all communication stopped and and, and then and, and a couple of other elements and ultimately it came to a point where she didn't feel she was able to do that. She wasn't able to let go of the emotional attachment that she'd built with with this other person. And we were left in a bit of a period of like uncertainty where nothing was really happening for a little while. It was quite quite uncomfortable. And, and eventually we decided that we were going to go our separate ways. Logistically, it made more sense and financially it made more sense for me to to move out. That was the most sensible thing to do. Uh, which is what I did. But of course, that meant obviously leaving the family home. And from the kids' perspective, who were still quite young, you know, them, their perception, like, well, why is daddy leaving? You know, and that mm-hmm. was obviously a very difficult time. Then the affair relationship did continue for about a year. Um, and another very unpleasant period was this this gradual integration of, of him in the lives of the children. And although it was dealt with, pretty respectfully all things considered it was still something that i just didn't want to happen at mm-hmm. all and and having to work through that was mm-hmm. very 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 challenging so again when that relationship eventually did come to an end that was like my second dose of relief mm-hmm. you know i mean I, I, I would have made it work i would have <laughs> figured it all out but it really but sucks <laughs> it was it was really nice to not have to anymore yes. you know yes. from that part of it at least and I recognize, of course, you know, other potential partners would come along and, and all the things, you know, so and that's how it goes. Um, so, yeah, that, that sort of put me in a position where I thought I knew what the next five to 10 years of my life looked like prior to the affair. And then all of a sudden I'm at this place again at the bottom of the hill, so to speak, in this in this hole and trying to scramble back out and not really knowing what it was I was going to do next, where I was going to go. I'd been in a job for 10 years that was okay but it wasn't really fulfilling and i've sort of fallen into that i don't know if you're familiar with the region beta paradox this idea that something if it's not bad enough you don't take action and mm-hmm. you know it has to it has to need to, to be that and it sort of i got paid it was you know consistent yeah. uh, relatively secure it was local convenient all these things but you know it, it didn't provide me with other things that that I really wanted going forward. So it gave me this opportunity to to look at how I wanted to structure my life going forward. And I almost by accident stumbled across coaching. And although I'd already really sort of tried to, I'd worked through the infidelity or a lot of that myself. And I'd sort of processed this idea of forgiveness and started to rebuild trust both with myself and with and, and with other people in my relationships which is really um, amazing that says a lot about you Luke 
that it's, you could do that. I, I think it's that. Rec- thank you, and I, I think it's just that recognizing, and maybe maybe it's from the other experiences in my life, knowing that even when you're not down, actually every single point something positive has come out of it. Mm-hmm. So there was there was an element of confidence, I suppose, even though I didn't know what the future looked like. I knew that if I dwelled in my own misery and reacted and went and did the things to the affair partner that I wanted to do yeah. to him, you know, <laughs> that it just wouldn't lead we anywhere positive. Just kidding. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah. So I, I, it wouldn't have led anywhere positive. So it gave me this opportunity to to really, you know, do something completely different with my life. And that's exactly what I did. So I stumbled across coaching, decided that this was for the first time, this is something I realized I wanted to do for the rest of my life, which I could never have said before. I decided I wanted to do it properly, so I did. So I became certified and did various trainings and then coached my head off for a long time and then set up my business and originally started working with co-parents, so people who were also in my situation, um, you know, trying to form solid relationships with their, their children's uh, other parent. Um, and then moved more into the infidelity spectrum because I saw the pain that was was out there and it was some of the stories that were coming up. And then finally, I launched my podcast in the, the latter part of last year. And yeah, since then, things have been, um, yeah, they've changed. Yeah. I love hearing your story. I can relate so much. I think it's interesting because I think as women, we are definitely a lot more emotional I'm not saying that you weren't emotional, but just hearing your, you were able to climb out on your own. You found the help, you know, I think more logical, which is a different perspective. I think with a man, the betrayal a man feels, how is your relationship now with your former spouse, like as co-parents? It's been on quite a journey. Mm -hmm. So when I first moved out, the the number one focus was the children that was where i put all my attention and because my 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 wife she still was at the time was going to be in my life in some form for the rest of my life you know by by virtue of the children then i recognized the importance that the relationship that we had for the benefit of the children was important so we had always been best friends like throughout our relationship up until that point throughout our marriage and the time we'd been together beforehand and although there'd been this betrayal there was it didn't erase everything that came before you know and I, I think that's something that you often see is when that rug has been pulled from underneath your feet it's very easy to write off the whole thing like mm-hmm. I've wasted the last 10 years of my life I've wasted and that just really wasn't the case. I wasn't in a, we weren't in an abusive relationship. It wasn't a unpleasant relationship. I wasn't, you know, crying myself to sleep every night for years. It was, you know, and I think the same would be true for her. We we just sort of lost track of things and we'd got into a routine and it'd become mundane and all of these things, you know. And may, maybe I think as well, we'd probably both expected the other person to show up in a different way slightly. Yeah, you know, if they did, could be different, then we could be happy. Yeah, there was a part of that for definite. Yeah. I mean, it wasn't extreme, but it was definitely there. And I think it was mm-hmm. there for, for both of us. And maybe it was there more for her than it was for me, um, you know, give, given the, the actions that were taken. But so initially I focused heavily on the children and obviously on this this co-parenting dynamic, which was made difficult by 
your fair partner, yes. of course. Yeah, um, yeah, that, that did make things, that, that <laughs> did make things tricky, um, but by no means insurmountable. And sometimes by having the distance, being in a physically different location meant that even though there were many times when I received messages or or saw things or thought about things that my, I'm internally reacting, I still experience all the same emotions that, that everybody yes. else does. <laughs> There's definitely nothing different, I can assure you. Um, and sometimes just having that that time to, yeah, I think logic rational and process those emotions just process them exactly yeah and just be able to sort of do that in a way that before i allow my emotion to do the thing yeah before i immediately dial the number and start hurling abuse or sending aggressive texts if one of the things i love about text messages is that sometimes if you get a a message and i still this still happens to me now um you know not necessarily with the direct relationship but just with people in general and the fact that i'm given just a moment to ponder my response and it's not about being manipulative it's just about not reacting it's like is that how i want to show up Mm -hmm. is that how i want to you know if i was to send that message and get some you know supposed response how would i feel about that in you know 10 minutes time or the next day or the next week or the next year and if i couldn't like honestly answer that question for me then it's time it's like okay i need to wait a little bit longer before i respond so i suppose i kind of just recognize that um maybe i'm fortunate maybe mm-hmm. it's lots of yeah other i mean you have a lot of good awareness life. which i love yeah there's a combination of factors i'm sure that have come to that and i don't believe that the, the affair alone was was the thing so i feel like maybe i already was partially equipped for definite however since going through my coaching journey that has changed things significantly it's, it's up leveled it on a on a completely different scale but anyway back to your question sorry mm-hmm. okay. um so we we did form a very good co-parenting relationship. It was a little bit fraught whilst her and her partner were still together, her and the affair partner were still together, but not not bad, all mm-hmm. things considered. You know, um, it, it was okay. And and, and I I feel that obviously I put a lot of effort into that. And if I'm honest, she did too as well. You know, it, it's not like it was completely one-sided. So I, I do recognize that. Then the next sort of two, three years, um, we just sort of carried on with our lives if you like and you know both sort of individually dated and accompany uh, you know, other people and things and and then it came to a point where we sort of been obviously we did chat and stuff and we we sort of laughed and joke about things still we sort of got past that I'd, I'd i'd got past everything and sort of processed it and um and and we'd, we'd said this thing you know like well if we're both still single in three months time should we just go on a date mm. so that's what we did and then we were like, okay, so this this is interesting because you know why why are we doing this? Uh, is this is this because it's the easiest thing to do? Is it because it's convenient? Is it because of the kids? Is it because the likes of Tinder and the dating world is just <laughs> awful? Oh you my know, gosh! You know, all, all these, we need to do a whole podcast on that one. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> so there's all these questions coming up, and this is where the coaching has definitely had helped. Because then I was able to get very clear on taking full responsibility for myself and knowing that she could take the full responsibility for herself. And she'd also done some work as well, separate from from me. And we thought, well, well, let's just give this a go. So that's exactly what we did. And now about a, a year in, it's we were living we're still living apart, you know, but we are together. And um Luke, I like you even more. I love this story. <laughs> this is so great. So, how long were you divorced? How long have you been divorced? 
four years. Four years. So, and but after three years, you started to date again. You're just starting to yeah, date. Thereabouts. You're just yeah. dating. Do your yes. kids know? Yes. Yes. How yeah, it's, it's, pub- it's public. It yeah. wasn't to begin with. The first three months, we very, like, we're just going to keep this completely secret from the world. Right. Not for the sake of keeping it a secret, but just so that we were sure yeah, and people have lots wanted. of opinions, parents and brothers oh, yeah, and sisters course, yeah. and co-workers. Yeah. And... <laughs> and, and that's actually, coming back to, to that point exactly, that's actually one of the biggest struggles I had. And the thing that was one of the things that I realized early on after the affair and the divorce, the separation and the divorce was how everybody thought I should feel, mm-hmm. how everybody yes. thought I should act and thought I should behave. And I mean, I've got a pretty stable family base and support system and Although they absolutely tried their hardest to be as, you know, non-judgmental and, you know, and to sort of hold that space for me. They loved me and cared about me. So of course they they still They have an opinion, yes. Of course they do. <laughs> of course they do, yeah. Yeah. Um and that was something that we you know we needed to both um take into consideration going forward as well, you know. Um but we we also I know I certainly live by the belief that I'm happy for people to be wrong about me. Mm-hmm. And I, I'm happy to also share my story and talk to people if they want to listen and and if they want to understand how I've got from one place to another, then I'm more than happy to to talk about that. But the reality is, it's just people's interpretation, and we all look at other people's relationships and see them through our own lenses, to see them in our own way, and when. We do that and then compare, well, you know, it's that age-old saying, you know, comparison is a thief of joy. And, of course, it is because we're not comparing the same thing Yeah, it's not apples to apples. It's apples to pineapples and oranges. Relationships are complicated. And especially when there's kids involved. Of course. Yeah. Of course. Yeah. Oh, well, I, I love that. I was not expecting that. I didn't know. <laughs> and so do you, what's your future? Like, what do you envision the, in the next year? What's going to happen? Well, it's interesting because the honest answer is I don't really know. Mm-hmm. Um, we still communicate on a regular basis of, in terms of like, is this something we both still want? You know, mm-hmm. it, do, yeah. do our, it's like, well, I use a concept of a want match. Is mm-hmm. this, that do our ideas align? You know, mm-hmm. do the things that we want from our relationship, we want from our independent lives what we want for our children, are these things still in line? And if there's enough of them that are, then we will continue. And if it comes to a point where for some reason one of us has decided something different or feels something different or does something different, then we'll just visit that and deal with it at the time. And I think all all I can ask from anybody, and I still can't expect anybody to show up in the way that I want them to ever, of course, but just keeping that open dialogue and not allowing these things to sort of simmer under the surface for long mm. periods of time without yeah. knowing, which I think is really what happened last time. And so many couples we want to avoid. Like, let's just pretend it's not happening. And then eventually, I always just say it always comes out sideways if we don't talk about yeah. it. <laughs> and it's so true. It's so true. Yeah. But okay. So um, we're almost out of time, but thank you so much for coming on. And I just, I love your story so much. And I love the fact that you're in England and I'm in Utah and we can have a conversation and we both have, unfortunately, similar experiences, but they've taught us to become something that we didn't necessarily know we could become. 
which I love that we took something very painful and we chose to learn from that pain and help other people because there's a lot of people out there that unfortunately are experienced betrayal, have experienced it, and they don't know where to put the pain and how to process it. So I just love that we could talk. So really fast, tell my listeners where to find you and how they can listen to your podcast and all the things. Of course, yeah. So, of course, as I've already said, the podcast is called After the Affair. It's available on all the major podcast platforms. You can find me directly at my website, which is lifecoachluke.com. And then I'm on most social media platforms, Instagram, Facebook. They're all under the tag of my life coach, Luke, all one word. Okay, great. So I want to have you on one more time, if that's okay. And we're going to discuss like how you coach people in your practice and some different things that you believe. But thanks so much for sharing your story. Um, I really appreciate it. And everyone have a great day. If you want to learn how to live happily even after, sign up for my email at lifecoachjenwith1n.com. Follow me on Instagram and Facebook at Happily Even After Podcast. Let's work together to create your happily even after.